Hello, and welcome to another episode of Latina Life with Jenna Molina. Our guest today is super Latina, Marissa Solis. She was born in Mexico, raised in Texas, is a first-time college graduate in her family. She went to Georgetown University, so not just any university, Georgetown, where she majored in foreign service and international economics. From there, she's got a lot of, a lot of schooling under her belt, a lot of education, but she, her first job was over at Procter & Gamble in San Juan, Puerto Rico. And from there, she's worked in politics and the PepsiCo Corporation before heading to the NFL, where she is currently the Senior Vice President of Global Brand and Consumer Marketing. Marissa, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Yeah. This is exciting. Oh, was so great. So now listen, everybody's excited here in LA. I know I think you're coming out too, because it's Super Bowl week next week. So I'm just curious, you know, before we get started with your personal story, what are you um, most excited about having Super Bowl week out here in LA? I am, I mean, everything about the Super Bowl in LA is exciting to me at every level. First of all, I've always gone to the Super Bowl with PepsiCo, but now I'm at the NFL. So like just being part of the National Football League during this incredible week, that's first and foremost amazing. It's been the most awesome season. I mean, all of the playoffs have been incredible, like nail biting. And I think, you know, having the host city LA and having the LA Rams against a team, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals that haven't been to the Super Bowl in forever with a young quarterback against, you know, an, an older veteran quarterback whose first year is in, you know, in LA is just awesome. Like it couldn't be any better. It's going to be so exciting and LA is going to be on fire. So get ready. Get ready. Go Rams. That is for sure. <laughs> But exactly. I have so many no questions. For you. I have to cheer for both. Yes, you have to <laughs> cheer for both. We love Ohio, but I have to. I'm a born and raised Angelina, so go Rams. Um, but let's just start with your incredible story because you were born in Mexico City. You came over here at the age of 10. And that must have been just so, you know, a, a lot for a, a child, you know, and to get used to everything. So tell us, like, about your the way you grew up and how this all started before we you saw the NFL in big lights. So give yeah. us a little bit of back of your background. You know, it was crazy. Um, I grew I grew up in Mexico City, and actually, my father passed away when I was very young. And my mom remarried um, a wonderful man who's been really my dad for all these years. And they decided to come to the states and live their American dream. And they came to the States and opened restaurants. And so my life growing up was around the restaurant business, which is, you know, 24 seven, very difficult business. I mean, we went through so many closings and bankruptcies and starting over, but it was awesome because they really instilled, you know, the work ethic and the pride. My parents used to always tell me, no job is beneath you. Take pride in everything you do, whether you're washing dishes or mopping the floor or hosting, you know, a table. And I think that that was early lessons that, you know, sat, sat with me. Um, growing up was, you know, it's tough to come to a new country. Um, I remember, you know, asking my mom if there was something wrong with me and if she would like dry me up, like, and she would be like, why? And I'm like, well, people at school are calling me mojada. And 
I don't, I'm not wet. Why, why? And that was what they called me. They called me Mojada. And it That's was horrible. And it was, this was in Texas. People, it was Hispanic. It, it was, you know, our own people that grew up in South Texas knew that I was coming from Mexico and that's what they called me. And I didn't know what the word meant at mm-hmm. the time. I was just very, very confused. And, uh, you know, my mom explained some people don't use the right, you know, right words and to just kind of ignore it and move on and, and, and make friends with people that liked me for me. And that was that, but that was kind of the first lesson in, you know, but isn't that like, doesn't that stay with you forever? Because I had a little similar story. I mean, I grew up, um, in Pacific Palisades and then I grew up in, uh, Pasadena. And because I lived in a particular area here, my, like, well, they weren't my friends, but my own culture would call me an Oreo. You're, brown on the outside yeah. but you're white on the inside you know and I'm like what and like they did not want to associate with me and it always sticks with me and I'm like we need to change that because I don't want my daughter to go I didn't want my daughter to go through that we definitely need to change that because Latinos should support each other so 100 percent that definitely 100%. stuck with me and by the way there's a reason I don't have an accent because I force myself to not have an accent because I felt that if I did, you know, I'd stand out or I would be made fun mm-hmm. of. And so, you know, just over time growing up, I just forced myself. And now people are like, oh, you, you know, you're born in Mexico City. You don't have an accent. And I'm like, well, I had to force it out of me because of just yeah. things that I went through early on, you know? Well, it's so Luckily, crazy. my dad, oh, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> No, it's just so crazy. Because speaking of an accent, like I've got the opposite. I grew up here, you know, my parents like pulled themselves up by the bootstraps. They, my dad's tailor, you know, was able to save money. We moved to the West side so that we can go to better school. But I was like the only Latina, you know, I went to Beverly high. So it was all, you know, it was white or you were Persian. There may be some Asians in there. So everyone thought I was Persian. <laughs> there were no Latinas there at all whatsoever. But going through high school, college, and even in the industry, people would say, God, you've got an interesting accent. Where are you from? I was born here. I went to school here. Yeah. I went to US. I'm like, I'm from LA. But it, no, they're like, no, no, no. There's like a certain accent. They had to like pinpoint me. Like I had you to, had to be different. Me. So yeah. interesting that people do that. Um, I, I was just very lucky too, because my parents forced me to speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wanted to lose the accent and lose everything and just speak English. And my dad would not pick me up from school. You know, I would call him on the phone, dad, come pick me up. And he would say, you have to say it in Spanish because I'm not going to go unless you say it in Spanish. And I would look around and you know, really <laughs> quiet because, but he forced me. And now I thank him because yeah. It's so, you know, it's so important to know the language and be able to communicate with everyone. And it's opened up a lot of doors for me. Mm-hmm. Growing up, I wanted nothing to do with it. You know, it wasn't cool back then. Well, exactly. You know, and it was so, hard. Very was hard. hard. Yeah. But you broke those barriers. I mean, let's talk about your first, you know, big, big career job over in Puerto Rico. Oh my gosh. That was, that was awesome. You know, I, I graduated from Georgetown. My dream was to be an ambassador and I actually passed my foreign service exam. I was going to go into the foreign service. 
And my dean right before I did that said to me, you know, if you really want to be an ambassador, don't go in the foreign service. Like only like 2% of foreign service officials ever make it. He's like, you need to go into corporate America and make a name for yourself and one day contribute to somebody's campaign and then maybe they'll appoint you ambassador. So I was like, okay, it's a good lesson. So I'm going to go into corporate America and P&G was recruiting, you know, at our school, they wanted people that studied international to go mm-hmm. into their international businesses. So here I go at 21 to San Juan, wow. Puerto Rico, which is awesome. Like, you know, at 21 years old, you're in this beautiful island. I, yeah. Learning, you know, learning the business. and With a different culture of Latinos, right? Very different culture of Latinos. Yeah. As a Mexican, I learned a lot in San Juan. First of all, they speak very fast. So I had to learn how to understand the language because their language is way faster than the way I spoke Spanish. So I had to understand the language, the customs, you know, everything. But part of me now is Puerto Rican because, you know, I worked there for, so I still say, I bendito. And, you know, I still love arroz and gandules. Like (laughs) I just kind of took a little part of that culture with me, but it was so awesome to work first of all, in marketing, which I didn't know really a lot about because I studied economics, but, you know, this company took a chance on me and I learned on the job. I learned about marketing and, you know, what a great company to learn marketing from. I mean, Procter & Gamble is like probably the king of marketing. And Mm -hmm. I worked on such cool brands, Downy, you know, Pampers. So I worked with a lot of babies and I got the chance to introduce the diaper category in the Dominican Republic because back then I mean this was a long time ago they people didn't use disposable diapers everybody used cloth and so here we are as a company going into this country trying to you know break in and 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 make a name for the category and it was really cool to see from the ground up building a business so we did it in the Dominican Republic we did it in San Juan then we went and did it in Central America. And it was just really cool. It was it, it was a very awesome first job and good learning experience for me. But you learned a big lesson. Can you share the story you shared with us? I did. And it was uh, it was a tough lesson. And, you know, I still carry it with me um, everywhere I go, because one of my very first projects, um, I was going to have my first advertising campaign for Downey. Um, and I went to the Dominican Republic with my with my boss to meet the owner of the advertising agency that was going to work with us. And we walk in the room and there he is with, you know, a couple of his colleagues and my boss and I walk in and he says to me, oh, hi, nice to meet you, Marissa. This is my assistant, you know, Mary. Why don't you two ladies go have some coffee while we men talk business? Mm-hmm. It just floored me because I was like, wait, 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 what? You're like, who? You know what? What was worse about it is my boss didn't say anything. It's not like he defended me or, you know, like I had to be the one at 21, 22 years old to say, hey, wait a minute. Like, Mm -hmm. this is my campaign. I'm leading this. So if we're going to talk business, I have to be in the room. And, you know, that early lesson, it was very tough. 22 to say that 
Uh, but it was a lesson of, hey, you belong in the room and you have to claim your spot in the room sometimes. No yeah, one's yeah. going to give it to you. Some people might even push you away mm-hmm. from that spot and you just got to claim it because you deserve it. It belongs to you, right? So it's it's been a good lesson and I use it a lot with my mentees, you know, to just to, to show them that they too can also claim their spot um, and, and their voice, right? It's so important. Take me back to that moment. Cause I'm just curious as this 21 year old there, like what was going through your mind as you're standing there with these men or were you thinking about something that your parents told you? Was it something like a mentor told you? Like what made you take that step to actually say, no, I'm not leaving. It was so crazy because I was so excited. I was literally excited to walk into that room, you know? And so my first thought was, it was, it was a bit of, wait, what did I just hear? Like very surprising. I had a little bit of a pause because I thought my boss was going to say something. Mm-hmm. And then it, it literally was, you know, my, I think my mom's voice, actually it was my grandma's voice in my head saying, Hey, you know, this is it. Like you either say something or you're going to walk out of the room and have cafecito while they do your, you know, your work. Right. So this is it. You have to say something. Um, and I, you know, I did, and it was just kind of in the moment, you know, but, but it was an important, just an important lesson. And, you know, sometimes you realize no one's going to defend you or no one's yeah. going to stand up for you. And that's a terrible thing to realize at 22. And luckily I've had a lot of mentors and a lot of people that have helped me and stood up for me throughout my career. But at that moment, no one was. And so I just had to do it for myself. I have to say, um, cause we've talked to a lot of, you know, a good handful of people more than ever. We've got all these guests and they're wonderful. And Melena, wouldn't you agree that the thread that we're hearing and we all love our dads, don't get me wrong, but it's like, when we talk to those people and they're like, what was that moment? What were you hearing? And they're like, I was hearing my mama, my mom. My yeah. Abuelas. Yeah. My mom, my mom, you know, the women, that, yeah. powerful Latinas always, we've always mm-hmm. been powerful. We've had that superpower as a Latina, you know, you're the matriarch, you're resilient, you know, we just have always had it, I guess, at home. And now we're, you know, yeah. being strong, you know, yeah, strong. That, that is a trait, you know, we all share as Latinas. Yeah, absolutely. But that strength really, you know, let's like your career is everywhere. Wouldn't you say, Jen, like, oh, yeah. it's hard to even <laughs> really narrow down one area because you've done just about everything. So, um, but let's talk about the present and let's talk about what you do for the NFL. Yeah. And, and let me just say one thing that, you know, I think on the surface, it does seem like everywhere and I've done a lot of different things, but every choice has been very intentional. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, you know, early on, I wanted to be an ambassador. And the reason was because I wanted to speak for, you know, my community and my people. And so all of my career choices have been for that. Um, You know, whether it was early on in my career in politics or even in consulting and, you know, in PepsiCo um, and now at the NFL, you know, what an incredible opportunity. I mean, this brand is a massive platform 
Um, Absolutely. And it is, it is, you know, a bit of a microcosm of America, right? When you look Mm -hmm. at our fans and the fan base of the NFL, it truly reflects America. I mean, absolutely. It's, you know, it's almost 50, 50 in terms of, you know, political party. It's almost 50, 50 in terms of female, male, you know, there's, it's a little bit more male right now, but I mean, female fandom is increasing. And then every ethnicity is represented right in our fan base. And so to me, it's so important that the NFL represent that fan base, you know, that Mm -hmm. we speak for that fan base, that what you see on the field, what you see off the field, what you see from the brand is representative of that fan base that we, you know, that we serve. And so when I, when this opportunity came up, I said, there's no way I can pass up uh, the opportunity to shape a message for such an incredible brand. Um, Mm -hmm. And here I am. And here you, well, also because- (laughs) You know, when you think of the NFL, you know, myself, I would, now it's changing, but before Mm -hmm. it's a male, everybody in the conference room is a man, right? And so little by little women have been opening those doors. So were you ever like afraid? Did it, were you ever intimidated that you were going to walk into an all male situation where did, you know, like, how was that for you when this I'll was tell you, um, I, I mean, and throughout my career, I've always been in male dominated, you know, whether it was sales mm-hmm. or in the political world or, or even, you know, even within PepsiCo in certain roles, um, you know, so I've always been very comfortable in that okay. environment. Um, I wanted to come to the NFL and be a Latina and represent, you know, and all of that. But I will say, um, my very first meeting with Roger Goodell, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I hope I can, yes. I can say this, but, uh, you know, he's got these meetings where he has his executives, um, you know, it's, it's a Thursday meeting and we talk about the business of the NFL and, you know, not a typical, senior leadership meeting that most Mm -hmm. companies have. And I was so excited to to walk in there. But but when you walk in there, um, it's a big boardroom. It's got this beautiful table, massive, right? That's marble table with this beautiful platinum NFL logo in the middle. And the executives sit around the room and Roger comes in and, you know, they start speaking business. And I really had to breathe. I had to just take a moment when I first sat in that table and look around. And I mean, it really was a moment. I texted my husband. I said, you cannot believe where I am and what we're doing and what we're talking about. And this is insane. I'm at the table with the, the head executives of the NFL. This is insane. Um, and I am the only Latina at that table today. I think there'll be more, many more in the future. Um, there are other women, yeah, there are other women with me in that table. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully they feel the same. I mean, it's just an incredible sense of pride combined with responsibility combined, you know, I, I can't, I can't describe it, but it was, I will always remember that moment. My very first meeting, um, with Roger at the NFL, it was just, unbelievable um oh, and I'm sure. so You're like pinch me yeah and they were so welcoming right um I had to you know they introduced me and I had to say a few words and it was like 
oh, wow, I'm, I'm here. Um, and it's, you know, it's been great ever since. I mean, I've been there. I just completed my first three months or my first 90 days. And I keep telling people, I don't think my feet have touched the ground yet. It's just been so surreal and amazing and, you know, an incredible ride that I think it's going to take a little while for my feet to come down and for me to, you know, enjoy it. You have to enjoy it. Yes, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. So, but just going into a little bit for our listeners, um, you know, our fans out there, all the supporters of the Latina community, you know, what is it that you oversee when you're over there? I mean, obviously you're, you're there, you're at the table. So just when it comes to like that Super Bowl and the NFL season, you know, what are you overseeing? So I have the brand, basically the brand and all consumer marketing. So that includes, you know, the way that we tell the narrative of the brand. So any content that you see that has the brand comes from my team and that content could be about the game. So there's a lot of tune in, right? Tune in to, you know, the NFL network to watch this game. There's that. There's also, um, I don't know if you've seen the spots around uh, We Run As One, which is basically what football is for people. We, we did a spot, football is open, talking about all of the different, you know, ethnicities and the fact that the LGBTQ community and all communities love football, right? Um, mm-hmm. so that kind of advertising, um, all of the cause, things that we do in the community, when you see them and advertisements, my, my team helps to, you know, make sure that those, those things are seen. So when the players do their causes through my cause, my cleats, or when we do things like crucial catch, which is screening for cancer, um, we have a group inside the NFL. That's all about social responsibility an amazing group led by a woman, Anna Isaacson, and we help her tell her story. So anything that's, externally facing, right? All that, again, the advertising, the merchandise, um, what you see on the field. So when you go to the stadium at Super Bowl, all that signage, all of the, you know, the logos, the look and feel, everything that is NFL and how the brand comes to life and people experience it, that is, that is all my team. Uh, And the commercials. And yes, of course, all and the, the commercials, you can't forget the commercials, all the commercials, which yeah, we, will have, we will have two spots in the NFL that I'm very excited about a two minute spot right before halftime. Uh, and then another 30 second spot, again, talking about all of the awesome things that the NFL family does for the community. So all my team does all of those things, um, as well as, you know, if, if you ask me, what do you what is your edict, right? What are you in charge of? It's fandom. We have to grow our yeah. fandom and grow our fan base. And so it's keeping all our avid fans excited and alive, um, but also bringing new fans into the league, right? And that includes Latinos, mm-hmm. includes women, it includes Gen Z and Gen mm-hmm. A. So all of our young people that are coming up, you know, that don't necessarily grow up playing football or, you know, going to live games. It's like, how do you capture those young people? So it's all of those things uh, combined that, that my team does. So it's a very fun job. Lots of oh, things. Sure. Every day. Yes. 
everyone that I know that attended the game this past weekend said that the stadium was pulsating. They were like, the energy was at level, like it it needed, it was like skyrocketing. You felt everyone's energy. So I really hope that on Sunday when the Super Bowl, you know, airs that you get to at least enjoy it a little bit. I can't even imagine what that's going to feel like. Oh, the energy is going to be incredible. And, And the best thing is, I mean, that energy, if you can channel that energy for, you know, for impact, Mm-hmm. And the brand is going to transcend football because the brand mm-hmm. is more than football, right? Mm-hmm. It, it just, it can do so many things. It can impact communities. It, yes. can, it can help, you know, educate. It can help mm-hmm. feed. It can help, you know, um, do critical screenings for cancer. It can, I mean, it can, there's so much that the NFL already does and can do in the future, um, and quite frankly, I think it's a it's a unifier. You know, um, there was actually an article that CNN published a, a week ago, and it was a beautiful article about the power of the NFL, because no matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or whatever political beliefs you have, you both, you know, are united in this pass that is unbelievable yeah. or the run into the touchdown, you know. You're both going to cheer just as loud because the game is that exciting, right? And it's that mm-hmm. kind of energy that unifies that we have to grab a hold of and, you know, put in a little bottle and make sure everybody understands because uh, I think it's very, very powerful. And, and it's bringing that, everyone together. Yeah. And something our country can definitely use, you know, at this time. I mean, we need unified, not, not dividers for sure. And that's why we're so happy to have you at the table because you're representing us, you're representing our community, the Latinas. I mean, when you were telling me all that, I was getting like goosebumps. Like I was watching like a Marvel movie. I mean, honestly, that's how I felt because there you are. You're this, you're a super Latina up there represent, like you touch, like you said, it's more than just a sport, it's life. And you're touching everybody on so many different levels. You know, you started off, I think, early education and business with your family restaurants and everything. And I'm just curious for people who want to follow, Latinas who want to follow in your footsteps along this path, what advice would you give to them? I do want to point out that, you know, your first time um, graduate, right, you went to college and you got a full scholarship for that. So I'm just curious as to what pushed you to do that. Was that something always on your mind, you know, and how much help you got? Yeah, it, you know, I, I got a lot of help along the way, but, but I, what I would tell Latinas out there is you have to be intentional. You have to, you know, put your dream out there, whatever that dream is, say it out loud, by the way, because that Mm -hmm. just makes it all the more real. So whatever that dream is, put it out there, very intentional in all the things that you, all the decisions you make, you know, work hard, seek help because people will provide the help and don't give up because there's tons of obstacles along the way and things don't ever work out the way you plan them. They don't. I, I wish I could say, oh my God, my career was great and I planned everything and it all worked out. No, no, no. Like it doesn't, you know, there's things come at you and you pivot and life happens. But if you kind of keep to that true North, right? Whatever that dream or passion is, um, 
then it, it's, it's going to work out in the end. I never in a million, million years would have told you I'd be working at the NFL. That was, that was not the dream. The, the dream was to make an impact, to speak for my community, you know, to be a role model for other Latinas coming after. That was always the dream. Um, and, you know, it manifested itself as an ambassador, like in Mexico or something. I was going to go back <laughs> And then that didn't happen. It didn't work out. But, um, you know, instead I'm, I'm here at the NFL, but still achieving the dream, right. That I set out to do. So that's what I would tell young Latinas, put your dream out there and just work hard, seek help, be intentional. Don't give up. If you get knocked down, get back up, all that good stuff. Um, and never underestimate or undervalue any job that's given to you. Because, you know, you're not going to be CEO at, at the first, you know, at the first thing out of the gate. You may not even be, you know, you're not going to be a, a VP. Maybe you start out, you know, at the bottom, which I had to do, which all of us had to do. Right. But yeah. I always hear my dad saying, hey, even if you're mopping the floor, you better mop that floor the best you can uh, and have pride in that. And you know who used to say that? You guys may know him because you're hmm. familiar. Oh. Richard Montañez. I don't know if you know Richard. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Richard, you know, a mentor of mine was at Frito-Lay. We worked together. He used to say that to me too. Like, don't ever undervalue any job. Do mm -hmm. your best, you know, take pride in everything you do because one day that opportunity is going to come. Um, and when you do take it, whatever, a president job, a VP job, you can't, you can't, you know, think you're all high and mighty and now you're this VP. Like you always have to remember you swept the floor or you mopped the floor or you did that and keep, keep yourself, you know, grounded at all times um, because that's super important, right? To impact the community. So it's good lessons from lots of different people that, that I've heard over and over, but that have served me well, for sure. Well, thank you so much for sharing. I mean, I cannot wait to see what the NFL brand does next because you've already done With so you much. And I'm very proud to say <laughs> that I've met you and that we've been able to have this chat. So thank you for just yes, breaking down those it. doors. Sure. No, thank you. And it was so great to meet with you and chat with you. I'll come back and chat anytime and share more stories. Um, and thank you for doing this because I think shining the light on all Latinas is so, so important. We Absolutely. couldn't agree more. Absolutely. United. Yes. So and we definitely will have you back. There's a lot more to talk about. Yes. Definitely. This was just like awesome. the surface. So yeah. thank you. So until the next time, everyone, mis Latinas, we love you. Besos. Besos. And Ciao. We'll you soon. Thank Marissa, you. We'll see you. Super Bowl week. Have yes. a good All right. Take care. Bye. Thank you.